turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. All right, we are back. Let's go to line number one and talk with Jorge in Virginia. Jorge, are you there? I'm here, Pastor. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I wasn't sure if uh, anyone else was trying to call. I was calling for a bid, and uh, the line wasn't wasn't going through, so I don't know if there's any technical difficulties going on there. It's just about there there were. There while. were. And there there were. Let me say, say this to the whole audience. Yeah, for that whole first hour, you guys, you may have been trying to get in, but we had some uh, down phone lines. And so, yeah, that was the technical difficulties. It wasn't that we didn't want you on. You could hear me appealing for you to call, but we're up now and our lines are full. So we're going to just have a great hour now that uh, everybody can get in. So what's your question? What's on your heart and mind, my brother? Uh, I just want you, I just, well, first I, no one was calling. So I was like, I might as well engage in the oh, conversation. Good. Um, Excellent. Excellent. So, you, you, your questions were the, the whole voter fraud and the, and whether or not if any it's true, and are if uh, you'd be responsible to to uh, I guess what you say um, address it or not so, address it yeah, yeah there you go yeah yeah, yeah so I'm putting out three questions to me they are logical Jorge if in mm-hmm. fact uh, there is voter fraud that's taking place would not that voter fraud be voter fraud against the American people, one. In other words, because uh, I hear a lot of people being indifferent about whether or not we're actually having voter fraud. But I would want to know if the bank that I'm putting my money in is being robbed, uh, whether or not we can successfully stop that bank from being robbed because it's my money in the bank. And that would follow in terms of logic that if I'm voting and yet something is askew in the system that takes away the legitimacy and force and right of my vote, then I'm being defrauded. I should be concerned about it and everyone else does, should too. And that second question was around uh, whether or not our leaders, if they know something is funny, suspicious, not right, out of kilter, uh, would they not be obligated to want to see to it that the system is working properly and therefore not should not be impugned because they want to just make sure the system is operating for the good of the American people. And so basically that's my premise for our conversation. What say you about it? So yeah, I've thought about this and following the whole voter fraud or anything, but I mean, as far as the vast majority of the public of America, it's, um, so one thing that I've contemplated is like, say when you play a game with a friend or like, for example, for me, for my dad, one thing my dad would do sometimes we play a game uh-huh. and he, like most of the time I win and he'd get that one win and he would just stomp on, stomp on me for it. You know, he was play, playing around, but absolutely, it's, it's absolutely. Just, that con- just that concept of the, the, like, once you get, once you have, once you're able to say you win, you'll just, they just, with it and that's kind of what's going on with that as, as far as because it's the ones who are being called by the media that the election is over that, that biden's the president and it's undisputed that you can't contest it and and it's just 
at the heart of the situation, what I think of is that there's the lack of desire for for truth. It's not. It's there's there's only it's, it's almost like your side, their side, their side won. Uh, or, right. you know, their side right. one is like, okay, our side one. That's all they care about. There's that's no right. love for for truth. Um, and that's kind of the, uh, should be alarming. It shouldn't matter which side, whether uh, whether Trump Trump won or, or, or Biden won. It, it, if Trump won, you probably see the same thing with the voter fraud allegations and things like that. But I think as far as, especially for, for the true believer, I think that it is, we are responsible if there is any merit to, to any truth that there is fraud, that we should at least not ignore it, you know, because we, we, should, we should, we should, as far as a true mark for us, it should be to, we're lovers of truth. And that, I mean, there's nothing we can do as far as, I mean, if we're not engaged in the, the whole, the, like the Supreme Court, ultimately it's going to be up to them. But, we shouldn't um, just disregard any sort of allegations or any voter fraud or anything. Like if it's if it's true, then it's true. If it's false, then it's false. And if, if Biden truly won, then he truly won. That's the way it is. But it's just there's so much uh, weight as far as people have their own uh, money in the bank. It, and it's in the sense of like they, they want one side to win, so they don't care whether or not the voter fraud is true or not. All they all they want is their own agenda to be to be done and. So as far as the voter fraud thing, I have seen some uh, many things that, that it does. It is fishy. Um, so and there's there's been there's been people sending videos. You know, yep. people not now only yep. Republicans not being allowed to watch the the votes. Of course, I think everyone saw the bill like in the Detroit, the, the the cardboard being put on the windows, and, sure, and so that no one can see what's going on inside. Um, and I remember a, well, a video of a man who who was trying to they're trying he was trying to he was trying to be fair like trying to not forcefully let people in but he was trying to let Republicans in. It's like hey if, if there's if there's too many people inside let some Democrats out and let some Republicans in and he's like uh, COVID COVID yep. mitigation you can't do yep. that and yep. it's, it's just and it's just it's suspicious and and most most especially the media that there's no consideration. To even acknowledge it, because they're, they 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 don't care about whether or not it's true. They just care about putting, as far as what 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 you've been putting out is what their own policies. They they're, they're trying to push for it and make sure that it happens, regardless of how they do it. Um, and so it's it's kind of a it's, it's like an audio an ideological warfare. Yep. Um, and it's it, it should be alarming for. For anyone, if, if you if you care about what's true and what's not, regardless well, of who you prefer to make it, you know. Jorge, you are very articulate about that, very clear. I appreciate your call on that because, quite frankly, every American who is invested and, and qualified to vote should be thinking just like you. There's a whole lot of information, a whole lot of data, a whole lot of factual evidence relative to the vote fraud uh, yeah. taking place and having taken place in many elections before. We shouldn't be surprised about that. Look, man, thanks for the call. I appreciate you being a, 
the spearhead to start our conversation. Uh, uh, thanks for the call and call again. Let me go to line number two. I don't even know who's on line number two. Jashana in Oakland on line number two. Are you there, Jashana? I am. Hi, Pastor Jesse. Hey, what's going on? What's your thoughts? Good. Um, I guess my thoughts are it's a couple things. Um, first, picking back on our the previous caller where he was talking about how people should be concerned about the voter fraud and, and and things. And I think a lot of people, at least people that I've talked to and see, um, they're they're not necessarily concerned because. It wasn't, the vote may have not have been that deep for them anyways. It was a vote based off emotionalism. It was a vote based off, I don't like this person um, versus really digging into the issues. Um, I had someone email me and ask me why after, you know, so many years did I decide to vote the way I did. And I went through quickly the policy reasons why I chose to vote the way I voted and why I chose not to vote the other way. And there was no response. It was empty silence. Um, And what has also been confirmed in me is that the narrative of everyone who supports uh, Trump or who is on the right, um, is racist, is this horrible person, um, continues to be promulgated not only by the media, but just by everyday people. I've heard so many people who couldn't believe um, that so many people came out, like the race was that close. Right. couldn't believe that, um, I mean, to the point, like, how can I trust anybody and um, how, you know, they couldn't believe that Prop 16 in California sure. um, was defeated uh, the way it was. And they 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 are totally um, flabbergasted by what's going on. And for me, I, it continues to confirm to me that one, people, uh, I think you said this, people don't think well. Nope. They don't think well. And... What I'm trying to understand as a Christian, and you laid this out earlier in the week, was understanding what God is doing and why he's doing what he's doing, because he is sovereign. And what I've done is just really go back and look in the Old Testament, and I've delved deep into Ezekiel, which is I haven't done before, and it's quite amazing. Yeah. the detail that God goes through in indicting not only Israel, but the other nations and the indictments on such a immoral level with politics, with um, killing of their children, with bloodshed, with oppression of the, of the poor and why his wrath was so, poured out on them. And then I look at our country and I have to ask myself, this may be, you know, him allowing us to go this way because we have, you know, we don't think and we have abandoned things. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not going to say that, but it's the parallels are amazing uh, when you go deep 
into the Old Testament, when you look at First and Second Kings, when you look at why he used Israel to take the Canaanites out because of their immorality, God yep. doesn't change. His holiness yep. Yep. doesn't change. And so I, I, that's where I'm at after the election. Okay, I got God, it. I got it. At? I got it. I've got to take a break. But when I come back, I'm going to speak a little bit to what you are thinking so that our audience can kind of understand a kind of a biblical mandate on the part of the people of God to be a restrainer. I'm going to talk about the restrainer being removed. Of course, I'm going to preach on it Sunday, but I'm going to give some insights into it after the break relative to what's going on. Thank you for the call. Got to take a hard break. When we come back, we'll continue on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I think I have one or two lines open. You may call right now, one 367 one I'll be right back. And we are back. We have one line open. I think two lines, one 367 Three six seven five three two nine. There's a verse in the Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter eight, verse eleven and twelve. Basically, frames the argument that Jashana was making as she was reading the Old Testament and seeing how uh, how precise God is in detailing the behavior of nations and their conduct and their wickedness. Which means God is aware, He cares, and He does something about it. But the uh, question is, <clears throat> why does he put up with it so long? Since Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 8, 11, and 12, and then 13, because sentence against an evil work is not executed right away or speedily, therefore the hearts of the sons of men are fully set in them to do evil. You guys know what that means. When we see things that are wrong, and we delay in dealing with it or ultimately do not deal with it. And that can be the case for so many things in our nation's uh, existence and condition. When we see evil, when we see wickedness, distortion, uh, abuse, uh, oppression, uh, violations of all sorts, and just either turn a blind eye to it or justice is extremely slow, Guess what it does? It hardens the hearts of men and women. The heart gets hardened. And here's what God says. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times. In other words, he just keeps getting away with it. And his days are prolonged. It seems like, I've talked about this before, the wicked get old, don't they? They're empowered, they're in authority, and they just seem to live forever. Listen to what God says. Yet surely... I know that it will be well with them that fear God, which fear before him, but it shall not be well with the wicked. Neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he does not fear God. And we can really ask the question, are the policies that we are implementing, uh, the policies that we are asserting, promoting, uh, enforcing, if you will, are they policies that demonstrate that we fear God? Yes or no? And if no, then be sure that what's happening right now in our nation is a removal of the restraint. And it's always a precarious situation once you see God removing the restraint because it's like evil is boiling, is bubbling up. 
and people are unstable and not sure and they're struggling with what they see and they're operating more out of fear and anxiety and emotionalism than they are rationale, objectivity, and a kind of concrete confidence that uh, righteousness will prevail. That's kind of the emotional and psychological atmosphere in our country swinging one way or the other. So let me go right now to line number three and talk with Marlis in Castro Valley. Marlis, are you there? Fine, how are you? I'm great. What's your question or observation tonight? Okay, well, I, I know there's a lot going on about voter fraud, but I wanted to talk about something that came up last night on 60 Minutes, and that's about okay. the vaccine. Right. Last night, they featured Gustav Perna, and he's got this massive... Uh, undertaking called Operation Warp Speed and I just wanted to know do you think we should take the vaccine because I thought I heard you say a couple of weeks ago something that made me wonder if you thought we should not take it so I, and again if I've mistaken you I apologize I'm not trying to misquote you or anything but I was just wondering if you'd like to weigh in on that uh, issue of uh, should we take the vaccine? Right. It's, it's going to become front and center. I talked about this several times over the last couple of months. It's going to become front and center uh, here real soon, you guys, and particularly after the election is resolved and whoever walks out of office in January, I think the 20th or 21st, whenever, or walks into office on that day, when this is all resolved, immediately upon the resolution of that will be a, uh, a vigorous implementation of a vaccine policy that is controversial to say the least. Um, it is ambiguously dangerous in, in addition to that and it's worthy of all kinds of conversation and analysis and multiple voices speaking into the, uh, the, the, uh, the contents of this vaccine, Marlis, meaning I, I, I don't, I'm not an anti-vaccine person. That's not what I've ever said or implemented. I am always concerned about vaccines in terms of their content and particularly this one because there's enough data going around that lets us know that this vaccine has the capacity to do things of which we need to be having some very big conversations, very big conversations, and that is largely around its impact on our DNA because the vaccines today that they're making uh, are, are vaccines that can do a whole lot more than deal with the particular virus that we're experiencing and people need to really do the research and invest investigate what is going on with the whole vaccine agenda because if you think about a blanket a blanket covering the whole world that's what the goal of this vaccine is about to vaccine everybody now wouldn't it be convenient that within that vaccine are other intelligent elements that have the ability to do things for and against people at the will and behest of the powers that are, are going to be implementing this, this vaccine. 
Uh, and obviously, we know, just like with the voter fraud, here's what I'll say. I'll give you the last word. Just like with the voter fraud. So I, I basically raised the question, uh, uh, is it possible that we have voter fraud going on in America? The answer is yes. No one should even remotely hesitate or, or question. And of course, it's possible. If we have voter fraud, is that impacting the American people? Absolutely, it's impacting the, impacting the American people because it's unfair. It changes the outcome significantly, and therefore, it is unjust. <clears throat> should not our rulers do something about it if they know that, that's, that it's going on. Of course they need to do something about it if they know what's going on. In fact, according to the Constitution, they have to. President Trump has to do what he's doing. In the same fashion, when it comes to a vaccine, why should the American citizen think that he or she needs to just walk up to a medical uh, facility and uh, stick their arm out and be poked by some concoction of which they haven't fairly been able to examine and determine not only its alleged objective, but all of the side effects that come along with it and the additional uh, potential for that particular vaccine to do things that uh, the powers that be within the medical industry and beyond, because this is a money-making thing. Vaccines are not, you know, something that's taking place as a consequence of altruism. People are making all kinds of money. And as we know, the notorious Bill Gates is involved in this, as well as many other billionaires. And so there is a whole lot of information, data, concern, chatter, dialogue around the content of this vaccine, not just that it's going to be made available uh, in an accelerated way, Marlis, but the content of the vac vaccine is what is really at issue here. And what's going to be the problem for me on a much more moral level relative to the government <clears throat> mandating it, because that's a problem, is the, uh, the forced... Uh, mandation of it leading everyone to come up under this blanket uh, for which who knows what the outcome of this blanket is going to be. So your, to your question, if we still have our freedoms, then we can say no. But there are going to be consequences if the Great Reset occurs as they are planning on it occurring, because at the center of the Great Reset, Marlis, is the whole world coming up under a kind of COVID license, COVID certificate, COVID uh, affirmed human being in order for you to continue functioning in your life. And without it, there will be consequences. So there you go. Okay, so uh, as a Christian, as Christians, if uh, we cannot uh, reject the vaccine and on that statement you just last said are these marks of the beast how should we interpret this is this one of the marks is there only one mark of the beast or are there multiple marks of the beast that we need to uh, be careful about and do you believe that before people start taking the vaccine that we will be given adequate information about what this will be do happen to our DNA? Well, I'll tell you what, and, and I'll take the rest of your answer off the air because I got to take a break. The, uh, 
the information right now is out there for anybody who wants to learn. You've been hearing me say this, and I'm saying it again. If people don't invest in their own interest, in their own welfare, in their own health, in their own spiritual standing before God, why should they expect someone else to invest in them at the level of telling them truth? Governments always expect people to simply acquiesce and, and cower down to mandate decrees uh, just as shillings, as ignorant people who are basically feeling like they're under an imperative. But our country was never set up like that, though we're losing that quickly every day. But you can find out even before we reach that state how much of a controversy, how much of a concern this particular vaccine can be. And if it should be resolved before uh, it's time to be taken and we can prove that the vaccine is safe without after effects and all of that, there's no reason not to take it. Thanks for the call. I got to take a hard break. When I come back, we'll continue with your calls. Three lines open, one 367 one We'll be right back. And we are back. Let's see. We've got two lines open if you want to join the conversation. one 367 to join the conversation on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number one and talk with Dave in San Francisco. Dave, are you there? Uh, yeah, this is Jay. How's it going, man? Great. What's your question, comment, or observation, sir? Well, I mean, you kind of seemed like you were sort of kind of answering that, that the previous question that the, uh, the lady was asking you. But I, I, I just kind of point blank just ask, do you think that this vaccine might be the mark of the beast? Yeah, no, I, I told her I would talk about that a little after. Uh, no, exegetically, I'm, I'm a little bit more serious about scripture than 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 uh, than that. And, and we've I've dealt with this over and over and over again. The book of the Revelation, chapter 13, verses 16 through 18, cannot be uh, earnestly understood and taken seriously without taking taking into consideration the whole chapter. The way the chapter flows is that you have two systems working, politics and religion, working actual deceptive miracles that bring men and women into a state of capitulation and worship. So before even receiving the mark, men and women are deceived into worshiping the state and worshiping religion that's promoting the state. Religion is the second beast. The state is the first beast, and religion is promoting statism. So this is the nature of the apostate church, and we certainly could be working towards that, although I'm not going to make that call right now with the problems we have in terms of the Protestant and evangelical churches in America. We could certainly be headed that way. I think the social justice movement, uh, uh, false gospel narrative is moving us definitely into that kind of uh, collaboration, particularly with leftist politics. But when it comes to the language that's given in verse 16 through 18, it's talking about uh, men and women who are uh, engaged in a heartfelt worship and commitment to the system of the world and therefore buys into the mark of the beast, uh, and therefore are free to buy and sell, to move and get about and go where they will under the premise that they're worshiping the beast. Why? Because chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16 
underscores God's wrath coming upon all those who receive the mark of the beast, the number and the name of the beast as an identity that underscores that you are a devotee of worship of the state and or you are also a slave of the state. Now, the uh, the application to government forced anything calls all of us as Christians to have to ask the question, should I submit to this uh, policy uh, and, and what would be the outcome or implications of it? Uh, you tell me, Dave, if you were to receive the vaccine uh, for the very purposes of inoculating you or um, immuting you from the COVID virus, uh, is that going to automatically change your heart? Is that going to make you a worshiper of the beast? Is it going to make you a worshiper of this world? Are you going to reject Jesus Christ and call Caesar Lord? Are you going to abandon the gospel and start operating out of a promotion of secularism? Because that's the nature of the text in Revelation 13. What is your view of that commentary? Well, absolutely not. It would definitely not uh, change the way I feel. So what you're saying is, is that that mark wouldn't just be some sort of kind of like a, just a momentary hoodwink or swindling us into something then. I mean, that's, exactly. that's, what, uh, that's kind of what I was worried about because, no, no, absolutely not. You know, there's there's no there's no human gods here that, that anybody's got to turn me into – you know, a slave master, whatever, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, right. So, so, that, so, so then, so then let, let, let's expand. I'll let you have your other point. Cause a lot of people have just heard that statement. This is why people are often dissatisfied with my interpretation because the interpretation of the text is about worshiping the state, worshiping a false system, worshiping a false God in abandonment of the true and the living God. That is where the wrath is coming upon people where they, they abandoned Jesus Christ as sovereign Lord, abandoned the one true and living God, abandoned a biblical worldview and capitulate to the world system and therefore receive the mark, the stigmata or uh, stigmata, the, the, the form and emblem that I am a world worshiper, a worldling, I am a earthbound person. I love this world. I love nature. I mean, the way that... Uh, the way that the left's agenda is going, uh, Dave, we're dealing with the kind of neo-pagan earth worship that went on before God revealed himself to men and women through the gospel. It's a reverse, in other words, that we're going into. So it's much more intrusive, much more, uh, much more impactful in terms of people's allegiance than whether or not we should take this vaccine. Albeit, I'm not saying take the vaccine. If it's going to be harmful and problematic to us in the future, we have the right as American citizens to, uh, to expect greater clarity and promise of this vaccine not harming us. What say ye? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. It's, uh, it's it's not just a, a um, it, it's not just the worry about losing your salvation. I mean, yeah, there's all kind. Of, you'd like you said, there's all kinds of other things that could be in there too. That's you know, I don't want my kids having you know things like absolutely. that. Absolutely, absolutely. Now that now that's the conversation we want to have. What I'm saying is, don't you know, don't 
associate that with that text because that text is requiring a deeper allegiance, a greater commitment that requires mass deception that leads one to abandoning the gospel and believing that the world is the savior. Now, again, I wish I had time because we could talk about how the policies of our government is actually becoming much more religious in nature, shape, form, and application than we should be comfortable with but time doesn't permit. Listen, I got to take a hard break. Thanks for the call, Dave. Mike, you hold on in Fremont. Uh, when we come back from the break, we will take your calls. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. We are back and we're winding down the program. Let's go to line number two and talk with Mike in Fremont. Mike, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? What's your question? Yes. What's your question, comment, or observation, yeah, sir? Yeah, question. It's observation slash question, um, and I'd like your thoughts. Um, you know, there's been many prophets on a lot of the you know internet saying that uh, Mr. Trump will have a second term. Um, Agreed. How should we interpret? How should we interpret that if if it doesn't happen? And apparently, there's still a belief that you know there is still time to change it. So, does that mean if if he doesn't get a second term, you know? Does that mean those prophets were off? Are they false prophets? And, you know, how should we as believers interpret that? Um, is that a judgment against us as Christians? And it, does that mean that um, it was because we as the church didn't, you know, do something and therefore God didn't put him in? Right. I appreciate your question. And uh, I've got enough time to develop that a little bit. Inadvertently, Mike, I ran across as I was dealing with certain topics, a whole litany of uh, prognosticators, pseudo-prophets, and the people who felt like they needed to uh, use God as a, uh, as a justification for encouraging people to believe that Donald Trump is going to win. I mean, some of this stuff was in dreams and visions and symbols, and the Lord told me this and the Lord told me that. All of that is irresponsible language, should never be used by the believer uh, in, in, in the context of uh, uh, talking to the world. It's, it's unbiblical foolishness, quite frankly, and is not necessary. It's just not necessary. We can, uh, we can desire a person to prosper, to win, to, to be on top, and we can simply say that. My prayer is that Donald Trump would win. One can say that, and if he loses... Uh, God doesn't get mud on his face because of the stupidity of his so-called professing servants who are exercising a false gift. Uh, as the book of Proverbs says, he that boasteth in a false gift is like the wind or like the clouds that are without rain. Uh, they go by with promise, but they never ever pour out any real water. And this happens so much that Basically, the world uh, takes the church, uh, uh, you know, almost ludicrously, unseriously. So, and, and, and rightly so. That kind of folly, that kind of opportunistic um, showmanship, showmanship, if you will, just it's a kind of narcissism. God's talking to me. It really does merit rebuke. It does merit uh, discernment. It, it merits. Uh, if you will, censorship. I mean, you know, they're censoring stuff all over the internet. <laughs> they need to censor that because it's ridiculous. And the kind of question you're framing, 
Mike, really emerges out of that because a lot of those guys hedge and fudge as they get direct questions from certain people. So did God tell you that Donald Trump was going to win this election? And then they start doing what is called double talk, double speech, hedging their bets. Well, the God of the Bible doesn't hedge his bets. He doesn't tell you Donald Trump is going to win, but what I need you to do is make sure that you say the right shibboleth and then get a thousand people to pray in tongues and then he might win. No, God never talks like that. This is the the idiocy of religion in largely uh, uh, undisciplined groups of people who, who, who want to follow him. Here's what we you and I can say. If Trump pulls out this particular victory based upon following the procedures and rules of the Constitution, which mandates him to actually follow through if he suspects any kind of fraudulent behavior in the uh, election process. He's mandated. He can't just walk away from it. If he should pull this out, then we will know that the Lord's will will have been done. And that's good enough for me. I don't have to go out in front of God and tell the world, the Lord told me this, that, or the other thing. I can wait like everybody else. I can pray. I can hope. I can desire if that was my position. And uh, if he doesn't end up winning, then um, I don't get stoned, proverbially speaking, because I should be stoned if I make a prophecy and it doesn't come to pass. Deuteronomy 13, Deuteronomy chapter 18. But the church needs to get out of this business of uh, of taking, taking statements like the Lord told me this and the Lord told me that. Uh, get out of that business, but they won't because this is part of the religious, postmodern, irrational, unhinged thinking that goes on in the church, just like it goes on in the world, particularly with the Marxist social justice people operating out of a kind of uh, postmodern framework of of uh, uh, asserting certain things that have no historical basis or scientific fact behind them. So it goes on in the church today where men and women are saying things that just are full out fabrications of their own mind, as God said in Ezekiel chapter 13 and in Ezekiel chapter 14 and in Jeremiah chapter 23. You and I need to avoid all such folly and don't be subject to it either, Mike. If, if, if Trump ends up winning, fine. If he doesn't, the Lord is still on his throne. He is the one true and living God, and every creature is in his hand. He turns the hearts of the kings whithersoever he wills. All of us are under the ultimate authority of a sovereign God who knows how to bring outcomes according to his own purpose and will. And it doesn't matter whether we like it or not. If God wants to chastise America, here it comes. If he wants to correct us, here it comes. And as Christians, we need to simply brace ourselves for the will of God and be ready to work with God and walk with God and serve God in the midst of a storm we may have brought upon ourselves because of our laziness, our disobedience, our rebellion, or what have you. But don't buy into the notion that a prophecy is given, and if you Christians don't do the right thing, it won't come to pass. That's utter and total nonsense. Thank you for your call, my friend. Please call again. We are winding down the program on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Glad to have you. Oh, by the way, I'm having a Saturday 
morning breakfast, Saturday men's breakfast at Grace this Saturday. Uh, men's meeting, Bible study, talking about very important things in the lives of men. You are welcome to join us this Friday at 8.30 for breakfast, 9.30 for our teaching class. We will be talking about being men of God in this crazy COVID period. So you're welcome to join us this Saturday. Until next time, keep your eyes on Christ.